Austin. We welcome you to the fourth week of defeating the giants. Someone say defeating the giants. You're stronger than you know. Look at them and say you're stronger than you know. My message title this morning is this one is on heaven. Everyone say this one is on heaven. Amen. I'm going to read to you from 2 Chronicles 20, the first verse. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are now in Hazan Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat was very afraid. Dropping down to verse 12, O oh, our God, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Everyone say, Our eyes are upon you. Reading from Isaiah 43 before I pray, the Lord says, Indeed, before the day was, I am He. And there is no one, someone say no one, who can deliver out of my hand. I work and who will reverse it? Meaning when I do it, when I say it, the strongest potentates, kings, presidents, governors, politicians cannot reverse what I, the Lord, will do. Your haters or those that love you can't reverse it. But God says when I do it, it's a final piece of work. Someone say amen. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We welcome your Holy Spirit here. Holy Spirit, this is your room. And Jesus, this is your church. You were the head of this church. I'm honored to facilitate underneath you. And I ask that you would speak to my brothers and sisters. Come Holy Spirit as only you can and help me to feed your people. Speak through your servant and even speak things I do not say this morning to the glory for the king forever and his kingdom. And all the church said, Amen. There's many battles in life. We've talked about giants. We've talked about going against these things. And there's many battles in, the li in life where there's a synergy, which means God partners with us. David threw the stone. People came against their giants with swords. Most battles, most victories, most testimonies have that element of partnership. Amen. This is the pattern. This is the norm. There's a history in the word of God where God partnered with man and there were breakthroughs. But in this moment, someone say this moment. In this battle, the Lord begins to declare, you'll hear in a moment, you are not going to have to fight this one. I'm going to take care of it for you. Come on, somebody. I'm going to do it for you. I love that. I love it. God says, you know what? You've reached what you can reach. Now let me reach what you cannot reach. Let me do it. You see, we cannot submit our plans to God for the great things that he will do. God got here all by himself. In Genesis, he didn't have any of us to help him. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a God-given miracle. Someone say hallelujah. We didn't submit our plans or our blueprints to him and tell him how we thought that should go. We didn't say to him, hey, it'd be really cool. You create a hyena and give it a laugh that'll make all of us giggly girls feel better. And if you do a giraffe, stretch his neck up really high so when he's in the zoo, he's like, hey, hey, here I am with my tall head. And when you make a zebra, make sure those stripes go right because you know how we are. We want to see the stripes 
really good. And that hippo, when you make him, make him have a waddle so every pregnant woman the week before she gives birth will feel comfortable about the hippo wadding out. Come on, every woman, give God a praise for that. We didn't submit plans to him and say, hey, make the sky a deep purple because we really like that color. Aren't you glad he went with blue? And when you do the sea, make it bright orange so the vols will have something to look at. Come on, somebody. And make all the fish red. Don't do that multicolor. We can't take that. We're OCD. Do them all red. I'm telling you, when I'd go scuba diving and snorkeling with my honey, my Hank, down in Hanama Bay, swimming among the fish, I would always pull my water out. And he'd go, put it back in, put it back in, my little snorkel thing. Put it back in, put it back in. You can't breathe. But I was so overtaken by the colors of the fish that dwell in the sea. Aren't you glad God made that decision all by himself? Come on somebody aren't you glad we didn't give him a blueprint and say hey the sun would look so pretty is white we like white white means glory make the sun white and then make the moon a big hot pink for every woman at moon night time she can see that no God did it all by himself so the sun would warm you in the day and the moon would give light in the night aren't you glad that God created us in his image and we didn't submit a blueprint mama Joyce like I think mankind would be really cute in the image of an ostrich just make us like ostriches we could head our head in the sand and we could run like the wind wouldn't that be cool or we would have told God make us all like the Stepford wives if you've never seen that don't even look it up I mean make us all identical all of us one color of hair so we look like and act like robots God said I'm not doing that either no I didn't need your help says the most high God when I reached down and took up some dirt and I created mankind out of my own image and even the angels gasped when I reached and blew the Ruha Kadesh breath into Adam and all the angels gasped when I reached from inside of me Psalms 8 says what is man that you are mindful of him you crowned him and made him a little little lower than Elohim you didn't crown it with rubies or sapphire but you reached into yourself and pulled out glory and you crowned man with glory come on somebody you are crowned with glory and honor and I want to tell you this morning the angels also gasped when God reached out and took something else and got ready to put it into man and they said no no Yahweh don't do that please Yahweh don't put that in your creation called man mankind and he said I must what was it it was a will he had to put a will inside of us and they said no no this is my paraphrase no Elohim no Yahweh don't give mankind a choice what if they choose not to love you and God stood back and said if there is no choice there is no love I will put the will in them and then I will woo them through my son to come to me and call me Lord somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Give him a praise that he got here all by himself. And he created. There's many wars we do have to fight in. There's many things. Ephesians 6.10 speaks of that ongoing fight. But in Colossians 3, it speaks of the greatest, God's greatest gift ever. It says he took the ordinances, the handwriting against us, which was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross, spoiling principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them openly. Jesus got to Calvary without your help or my help. Jesus looked at God. God looked at Jesus and the Holy Spirit was traveling with Jesus upon the earth and said this battle belongs 
belongs to the Lord. Lucifer has tormented God's people from beginning of time. And we're not looking for an arm of man or flesh to help us. But Jesus said, I myself will fight this battle. When you were yet sinners, Paul said, Jesus died for you. When you were drinking and toting and cussing and gossiping, which is just as worse as drinking. When you were doing all of that, you know, Jesus went to the cross having loved you and knowing that what you could become once he redeemed you. While you were yet sinners, all by himself, Jesus won the victory at Calvary. Somebody give him a praise. Before I move back into our story, and one day I'm telling you this, he's not going to need your help. In fact, the Bible says that even Jesus, Gerald, doesn't know when he's coming back for his people, that only the Father God knows. And at that moment, like that Alvin Slaughter used to sing, and God looks at Jesus and says, blow the trumpet. It's time to bring our children home. That will be no help from us. There'll be nothing that we do to make that happen. God is God all by himself. He's in a class all by himself he doesn't need a backup he doesn't need a substitute he doesn't need any help he alone is God give him one more praise this morning and I'll try to calm down the greatness of God no no they say this God-given victory was so powerful that when it was over it took them three days to gather up the spoil three days to work there and pick up everything they won it was so powerful that on the fourth day they gathered at the valley of rock which to this day exists if you go to i'm gonna go to israel next fall with Joni and brother perry and at that moment they called it the valley of barak a place of thanksgiving so what began all this? Jehoshaphat is king of Judah. The crisis, as I just read, was a dire one. It could not be wished away. If we are powerless, he must meet all powerful. And it was tough. But what I love about this, Brother Rice, is that the chapter before about Jehoshaphat, the king, he makes a wrong alliance with Ahab. Ahab was the king of Israel. He was married to Jezebel. Everyone say, no good, no good. Ahab Ahab was evil. And this is what we've been hammering through Nehemiah and through every week. Sometimes we try to sit at a table God never wanted us to sit at. Sometimes we seek to be friends with enemies just because we feel that we should. God didn't want Jehoshaphat to align himself with Ahab. But Ahab had been so mean. Sometimes mean people, you just want to be their friend. I'm telling you, sometimes you just need to love mean people from a distance. Can I get an amen? And he goes into battle with Ahab. Ahab disguises himself. Pastor Hank had a master sermon on that. And he tells Jehoshaphat, these are two kings. You dress in your royal robe, but I'm going to disguise myself because I know they're coming after the king. But even in that wrong alliance, when the warriors came and they started chasing Jehoshaphat because they were after Ahab, as they began to chase him, Jehoshaphat called upon the name of the Lord. I love it that no weapon formed against us will prosper even when it's because of our own stupidity. Come on, somebody, give Jesus a shout of praise. But I love the Bible doesn't leave it there. I, you know, sometimes others will try to publish your life by the last page you were on, by the last season you were in. Four seasons ago. Some people want to go back to your childhood. You ever met anybody? I remember when you were seven. You were so mean. You bit me. I remember when you were four, you hit me. I'm like, have you not gone on to live a life? I'm 60. I want to live this day. I don't want to go live kindergarten anymore. Come on, somebody. 
But you have to keep turning the page. Look at your neighbor and say, keep turning the page. Noah got drunk and caused and cursed his kids. But we turned the page and a new generation came forth from him. Sarah laughed in the face of God. But then she began to be the mother of all living. Moses killed Egyptians. But the page was turned and he delivered God's people. I love it that God says when you're Gideon and you're too afraid. I'm going to turn the page and make you a warrior. When you're like Nebuchadnezzar and you're crazy. Living like an animal for seven years. I'm going to flip the script I'm going to turn the page and you're going to emerge back to a place of honor someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise Peter denied Christ cursed him to his face in the moment that Jesus needed him the worst and in a moment you feel like you have betrayed him let me say to you Jesus not only turned the page he forgave him and at Pentecost Peter emerges full of the spirit of the Lord and he stands up in the book of Acts and says we are not drunk as you suppose but it is the spirit of the Lord and that man who betrayed Jesus could have left the writing he could have left the man at that moment but Jesus turned the page and said last time you see Peter in the book of Acts he is standing and 3,000 prodigals are running to the Lord I love a God who will turn the page and say that season is over let's walk into a new one someone look at your neighbor and say turn the page in dark seasons in heartbreaking seasons and sorrowful and that you'll never come out of this that page I see no way things will get any better page your best is behind you page oh many times in my life I've told you when I was divorced at leave for a remarried pastor Hank Many people said, you know, you're anointed and you're called to preach, but you just can't. You got this big old scarlet letter on you and God can never use you. But Holy Spirit kept on saying, you know what? They're judging you because you keep starting over, but I'm clapping because you never gave up. Come on, somebody. They can keep judging you because you keep starting over. Maybe you're in recovery and you've relapsed your 17th time. I don't care if it's 1,452 relapses. You just come on back and we're going to cheer for you like the first time you got free. Come on, somebody. And I love that the Lord turned the page for Jehoshaphat. And we see him in a new light. We see him in a new victory. When he received this news that they're coming against you, he was shaken. But he set himself to seek the Lord. And he said those famous words, Brother Rice, that are pinned to him and said so many times, we have no power against this great multitude. Whatever that is for you this morning. We have no power against this worry in my life, against this anxiety, against this financial situation, paying off our bills, whatever that is. He says, we have no power. Someone say, no power. Meaning it is not in us to do it. We look too many times inside ourselves. But Jehoshaphat said, but our eyes are upon you. We could build a pity party. We could cover our head up. We could pull the blanket up. Or we could say, our eyes are on you, Lord. If it's not in us, it's got to be in you. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your eyes on the Lord. You see, our eyes see so much, 30 to 60 frames per second. I mean, we're such a seeing generation. We also hear, but eyes are the second most competent organ next to the brain. 
It's visual stimuli. In fact, we see so much. You know, have you ever tried to swipe your radio? Come on, somebody. Have you ever tried to take a book? I mean, you're so used to social media. You're so used to the computer. You're so used to being. But I see so much. So many things compete for your vision. So many things compete for your attention. And the Lord is saying to us this morning, turn your eyes upon me. You see, when my babies were babies, sometimes I'd be around an old mother in the church or an old grandmother in church. I mean, they know everything. They know every remedy. Just get around a grandmother. They know it all. And I, my, my babies would be overwhelmed. I'd be walking them in the hallway or wherever Pastor Hank was bringing me into Jesus. And I was in the hallway of some church across the United States, rocking little Courtney or later with Christine here. And some great mother, I said, I don't know what's wrong with this baby. She said, honey, that baby is overstimulated. You ever get told that? It's just too much. It's too much noise. It's too much. They're seeing too much. You need to get that baby into a quiet place. You need to shut off the noise. You got too much racket. The TV's going. The CD's going. This is going. That's going. And the baby's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just came to planet Earth. I don't need all of this. Somebody turn the noise down. Come on. It's the same way for you and I. Sometimes our eyes are drawn to so many different things that we cannot see what we need to see. The eyes of our heart that David said, open the eyes of my heart, open my devotion. We sing a song here, I look to you, Lord, so I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see the things you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. I've looked to Betty. I've looked to Johnny. I've looked to Fox News. I've looked to social media. Sometimes you ever do that, you say, well, maybe social media will make me happy. Then you go over there and see things. You go, that didn't make me happy at all. I'm not at all happy. You watch something on TV. Oh, I'll just need to slumber down and watch this movie for 17 hours straight, you know, binge watching it, get my mind off this thing. And you get off of that couch and you don't feel any better. But when we put our eyes on the Lord, we say, I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, O Lord, my shield. I will love you, O my rock. All of my days, I will say, hallelujah, our God reigns. God is saying this morning, turn your eyes back to the Lord the maker of the heavens and the earth somebody give him a praise this morning and they came to him and said a great multitude is coming against you this is so interesting beyond the sea they're in Hazar I'm gonna go really fast also speed up podcast anybody else do that I speed them up to like two because I don't have a lot of time to listen they're in they're in in Gedi everyone say in Gedi reason this is important, the enemy that was coming against him, all these allies that hate each other until they started hating Israel. Come on, somebody. If you're only friends with somebody because you both hate the same person, you need to get out of that friendship. And they're together because when the hatred ends, a friendship will end too. And here they are camped at En Gedi together. En Gedi is important because Israel loved En Gedi. Even today you can go to En Gedi. The, um, the Dead Sea is full of salt, but En Gedi has fresh water springs. And David found a stronghold there, which comes from the word in Hebrew, Masada, which you probably recognize, Masada, which Pastor Barb and I have gone up to the Masada when we went to Israel. And you go to that high fortress, it's a stronghold. But it inspired poetry of David, that famous thing that you've all all quoted that my daddy still quotes every night. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down and he leads me beside. Yea, though I walk through the I will give yourself a hand. Great quote. There you go. 
And that was where they were. They were headed to destroy Jehoshaphat, but don't miss this. They can't geographically for two reasons. One, because that's where they wanted to camp to get to them. But most important for you and I, the enemies camped at the place of refuge for Israel. The enemy camped at the place of rest. The enemy camped at the place of peace. The place where God had restored them in former days. No doubt the enemy wants to take away your rest, your peace, your refuge. He wants to camp in a place that all of a sudden he tries to take your peace. We often say the enemy is after my job. Maybe, but he's already got a job. The enemy is after my house. Maybe, but he's already got a house. The thing that the enemy is after is your peace, your hope, your joy, your righteousness, your consciousness that God is with you. He's always with you. But the enemy wants to remove your consciousness that God is with you so you don't have a place to fight from. No doubt the enemy wanted to take away their rest and their peace, and he does to you as well. But you must say what Jehoshaphat said. When I don't know what to do, my eyes are on you. The battle I will not have to fight, but the battle belongs to to the Lord. Come on, somebody. And Jehoshaphat begins to pray this prayer. He speaks, a lot of times they did this, they speak in rhetorical questions. Oh, Lord. I mean, he's afraid. Are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the earth? The Bible says that the Lord wants us to put him in remembrance of who he is. And this is why. He's not forgot. But as you put him in remembrance, he comes in response to his word. And it puts you in remembrance of what God said in the first place. Amen. And in your hand is it not power and might. So no one can withstand it. You gave this land to us. You gave it. And they're coming after it. You said it was ours. And even on the way to possess this land, we came out of Egypt. God, you told us not to invade those countries. And now they're trying to invade us. Is this the reward that we get for obeying you? Anybody but me ever had a pity party and said, God, I've walked in your obedience, but I'm waiting for your blessings. Come on. Anybody else said, is this the way I'm rewarded for being kind of a precious pastor's wife to contact me from another state that you could not know? And said, I feel disrespected. I feel like I'm helping people all the time and they I get no reward from God. I'm not doing for it, for that reward. But God, when is the blessing come? Someone wave a hand and let it know that you have thought the same thing. Come on. It doesn't mean that the enemy won't come after what belongs to you. He wants to come after that. He wants to signal the things that belong to you. But blessing delayed does not mean blessing denied. Amen. It means sometimes it's a path. I always used to teach the obedience comes and blessing is coming behind it. But sometimes it looks like the blessing is traveling at snail mail. Come on, somebody. And that the obedience is going at an overnight Amazon delivery. Come on, somebody. But the Lord says in time, you will see the work of my hand. Keep your eyes on me. I love that Psalm 16 says, and that's where Israel's probably laying their claim. Lord, you are my inheritance and you go all that is mine. I want you to say you guard all that is mine. This is so cool. It means Tracy, God guards 
a future promise in your life. He guards a past prophecy someone gave you. He guards everything that belongs to you. That promise that you circled in your Bible in 1994. That word of the Lord you got in 2009. God guards that and he also guards every piece of property that will ever be made yours and have your name on it. God is guarding the future of Church of the Harvest. He knows where we will be and what we will do. There's no one for whatever that's going to look like that's going to outbid us or outmaneuver us because God has already set his angelic forces and said this one belongs to church of the harvest wherever that is and no man will take it someone give God a hand clap of praise every blessing that is to come to you every door that will open God has already sent his angels out and he's saying I'm going to guard what belongs to me and I'm going to guard what belongs to my people I'm thankful today that where I'm at when we started harvest I'm thankful when we were evangelists God was already guarding Atkinson Drive God was already getting it here if you don't know the story we almost lost it and Pastor Hank Brother I you love this I can't tell the whole thing we're in Hawaii preaching well he's preaching I'm selling his tapes and anyway I go into my prayer room every morning and he gets his golf clubs over on his shoulder and he said you better go in there and pray because we're about to lose that property I'm gonna head out and golf with the pastor (laughs) so I love that about him he had no control in so many ways he just took his hands off of it but I love in that moment our secretary at that time Denise was panicking and all the moment the other person just backed out and said pastors I don't know what to tell you but you just secured Atkinson Drive come on somebody give Jesus praise and that's how you secured your house you live in that's how you will secure the houses you will live in that's how your children will always have a place because the blessing comes down from generation to generation all will know that we belong to the Lord our God somebody praise him this morning Musicians, come and help me if you will, please. I'm not done, but we've got something planned. Psalms 44 said, we've heard with our own ears all the deeds that you've done in the days of old. You drove out the nations with your hand. Your people did not gain the land, get this, by their own sword. Everyone say, by their own sword. Their own arm did not save them. No, 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 he said. But it was the light of your countenance, and you favored them. When the Lord favors you, he guards you, and you are favored. You say, well, no, Pastor Ron, I ain't got no favor. Person next, we just got a promotion. They're overlooking me. Pastor Rhonda, I miss getting that apartment I want. Pastor Rhonda, I'm not getting along with my people. I'm going to tell you something. Favor is through the name of Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. He calls us to obedience. But don't let your present funk or your present page tell you that you are not favored. Look yourself in the mirror. I've done it myself. I've done it myself. And I've stood, Sister Betsy, I've stood next to people. And I'm just like, they're getting million-dollar deals. And sometimes I just think, God, are you? even with me and Holy Spirit say you get out that mirror oh Lord I don't want to see the wrinkles come on somebody I'm 60 you get out that mirror and you say to yourself Rhonda Davis you are highly favored by the Lord you are highly favored by the Lord don't judge a moment of what you're going through judge it at the end but Jehoshaphat gets on his knees and I'm going to tell you something we can stand before anyone when we kneel before the Lord our maker when we kneel down we don't know what to do we kneel down we're never taller so was Moses and Daniel and Peter and Paul and the apostles God knows we shall do valiantly when we are going 
going to stand before anyone if at first we kneel. And all of a sudden, they're all gathered out there. He's got everybody. Jehoshaphat just says, everybody come in. They come from all over Judah. I love that the Bible is descriptive in nature and says, and the little ones stood with them. That means they got their babies. They got their children. I mean, this is life or death. These armies are coming straight at them, and they don't have the power. They know it. And they're standing out there. You can imagine the children are probably picking up on some of the fears. The parents are trying to keep it together and act strong, but they're shaken to their core. Probably babies are crying. Little children are pulling on their mama's dress. What's going on? Why are we out here? And they're out there kind of in the sun, kind of shaking and feeling the heat. And you know how you feel when you feel like the breath has been knocked out of you and your situation. And you think there's no way out of this. There's no way through this. And it's just like you feel weak. You feel just absolutely shaken to your core. But all of a sudden, someone say all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man. It wasn't a priest. It wasn't a pastor. It wasn't a prophet. It was just a faithful man of God. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah. And all of a sudden, as the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he stood up with the courage to say it. I'm going to tell you something. When the Holy Spirit is given an opportunity, he'll give you courage to stand before people you used to be afraid of. He'll give you courage to say things to people for the cause of the kingdom that you used to be afraid of. Holy Spirit is the life giver. He is the courage giver. He is the one that says, if you get out of the way, let me get in the way. I can do this thing. Someone say hallelujah and this is what he said do not be afraid says the spirit of the lord don't be dismayed says the spirit of the lord because this great multitude for the battle is not yours it's god this one is on heaven is like the way i like to put it tomorrow when you go down against them you go they're gonna you're gonna find them you see spirit of the lord knows always where your enemy is he always knows and he identified through the power of the spirit where he they were they're at Ziz. They're coming up from the ascent of Ziz is what it's called. You'll find them at the edge of the brook. Someone say edge of the brook. I mean, God's got his own GPS system. They didn't have to look it up. God said this would be, and you will not need to fight in this battle, but God will give you the victory. Listen, they were headed for a better than a Christmas morning, a better than a birthday surprise for those of y'all that enjoy those kind of things. They were being planned for something beautiful and awesome. I'm going to tell you this morning, there are battles that we will fight that God says, you know what? You just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Do not be afraid or dismayed. Jehoshaphat bowed his face to the ground and all of Judah bowed their face to the ground. They knew the Lord had spoken through Jehazel and they're down there and all of a sudden the Levites stood up. That'd be like me and Austin not that we're Levites but they began to shout and sing with voices loud and high. How many love here in Austin sing from the sound booth? Me from the front. We wouldn't even need any microphones. So these people are like us. They begin to praise him. Reminds me of the song that I love so much. A current song. I will praise you before my breakthrough. I will tell my story because my song will be my triumph. Because I trust you, I will bring my heart and I will bring my song and I will worship you. The song goes on to say so powerfully because he who came in power will come again. Can I get an amen? And he who heals the sick 
will heal again. Can I get an amen? And he who raised the dead will raise us again out of our weariness, out of our hopelessness, out of our apathy. I will sing, I will sing and praise till my breakthrough becomes my triumph because I will declare the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody praise him. So here comes the divine strategy. Believe in the Lord God and you shall be established. It was a Hebrew wordplay like in Isaiah. Have firm faith or you will not stand firm at all. Here's the strategy. God has an unbelievable strategy sometimes. And it's always different. And you know the, the people with the bows are going over there sharpening their bows. The muscle people, the SWAT team of the Israelis are getting their little muscles up. And they're doing all kind of things, pumping themselves up. And all this ready. Arrows are going everywhere. We're ready, we're ready. Yes, yes, these are the weapons. Yes, yes, this is it. This is boot camp. Let's do it. But then Jehoshaphat, no, 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 no. Bring in the trumpeter. You got to be kidding me, Jehoshaphat. This is stupid. Jason Hercules over here killed people, 100 people with his bow. Come on, God. And you got the other Hercules over here who smited people with his jawbone just like Samson. Come on. God says, no, bring out the trumpeters. Bring out the tambourines. Here's a little trivia. In the early days of harvest, you had to check your tambourine when you came in the door. Because so many tambourines were here, our drummer, Sweet Mark Whitman, wanted to take his own life. Come on. Because it would get him off rhythm. So we had to say, if you brought your tambourine, please check them in at the door. It's true. It's truer than truth. And I love to play the tambourine. So occasionally Pastor Hank would give me one because he said I had rhythm. But um, So he says, get up. So you hear the trumpeters warming up. You hear the tambourine warm up. This was the sound of a people that were convinced for what God has said in Hebrews 13 and 5. For God has said, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Someone say, the Lord is my helper so I will have no fear what can men do to me so all of a sudden you heard the voices warming up if you never took voice lessons I'll bring you in there's a do re mi fa sol la ti do if you ever watched high school musical there's a anyway there's different ways that you can warm up your voice you used to hate it and you hear them you know this is the sound of war I was sitting with my daddy, Brother Rice, the other day, and I was having just a tough night missing my person. Went in, I didn't say anything to my dad, and my dad was sitting there, and all of a sudden he starts preaching. And I recorded him. I haven't shared it. All my siblings and my children have it. And then he starts singing, Why do I feel discouraged? Why did a trouble come? He couldn't remember the words. I can't either. And then when he got to the chorus, I sing because I'm happy. Sing it with me. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And then I said, preach, Daddy, preach. Brother Gene, he just went on his, and when you're feeling discouraged, hum, I sent it to Joni. And when you're feeling disheartened, hum, and when you're feeling disheartened, hum. And then he goes, I sing. I mean, he just kept belting it sitting there. And I'm telling you, by the time he was done, I couldn't remember why I was so sad when I walked in. I'm so thankful for the voices of people 
that will sing the song of the Lord even when they don't know why they're singing the song of the Lord. So they were warming up. Then the musicians started to warm up. Tanner, give us an idea what that sounded like. Their enemies would say, they don't sound like war. And then the stringed instruments started warming up. Give us a sound effect, Chris. Woo! Yes! Praise Him with the stringed instruments. Praise Him with the voices. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's why on Sunday morning we get you to clap and move. We're trying to shake off the argument you had on the way to the church house. We're trying to shake off the funk you had at your job this week. We're trying to remind you, you're children of the Most High God. The enemy would have said, that doesn't sound like war music. Y'all can go ahead and play with me. That doesn't sound like a battle cry, but they didn't know Jeremiah 50 and 25. For the Lord has opened up his armory, his arsony. He has brought out the weapons of his wrath. For the sovereign Lord Almighty has work to do. Somebody praise him in this house. Come on. Come on. Somebody praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise and praise and praise and praise and hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo! Listen to this. Keep standing. I'm done. So then the vocalists got their song together, Michael Cook, and they thought, well, surely it's going to be one of those we have to sing for seven hours with 17 stanzas and 450 verses. They said, no, this is what we got. This is what we got. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and the musicians began to play, the Bible says God set an ambush against their enemies. God began to destroy them. They turned on themselves. Literally ambush means supernatural agents. They were confused and they turned on each other. I'm asking somebody, I got something to say when we dismiss, but I'm asking somebody to begin to praise the Lord. I'm asking somebody to bring your praise in this final moment for all that he's done. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. His mercy, His mercy endures forever.
for your voice in this moment. We ask you for divine strategies in our situations. Sometimes it looks crazy like you say forgive when we want to be mad. You say share our story when we want to be quiet. You say give, serve in silence as a servant of the Lord. And you say then I will take the battle. Lord, we ask for strategy, for finances, for resources. We ask for divine strategy for open doors. We ask for divine strategy for our children, our grandchildren, Lord, that we would see what you would say to us. Lord, your word says that after this great victory, Father, they collected the spoils, as we've already mentioned. It took three days. But then it says on their way back to Jerusalem, Father, Jehoshaphat got back in front. They'd already had the victory, Abba. But the people began to sing again. They were so filled with joy. You renewed their joy. Lord, I'm praying for a song of the night that Isaiah speaks of that would renew your people's joy to a place that it's overflowing. I'm asking for your presence to guide us to a place that we would be overflowing, Lord Jesus. And it says, Lord, that at the end, Jehoshaphat had peace in his reign and Israel was at rest because on that day, they lifted a shout of praise. They lifted a shout of worship. Come on and lift your praise one more time. They lifted a shout. this to you and spirit of the Lord is here for you today to encourage you he will give you divine strategy it may look different every time but praise and keeping your eyes on the Lord I feel like someone's praise is going to lift them out of weariness this week thank you sir someone's praise is going to bring healing this week something you couldn't get over I've shared openly the trauma when my beloved left me and what I had to see was nothing on him but it was just a shock everything was done with excellence but last night in preparing for the sermon it pushed in against me unexpected and again I just said I praise you I praise you Jesus for who you are and what you've done in my life and I worship you and I'm telling you that memory started getting farther and farther it didn't deny it but it denied its power over me I believe through praise someone this week is going to have the fire of the memory go out the memory will be there but the fire will leave I feel someone who is struggling for joy it's little pockets you've had here and there but Holy Spirit said your joy is going to remain this week it's going to remain this week for some that are concerned about their jobs or concerned about their businesses the Lord says through praise. What does that look like, Pastor Rhonda? I can't play a trumpet and I sure enough don't know how to do a tambourine, but you do have a voice. The Lord says make a joyful noise. It doesn't mean you have to be a good singer. 
it just means I praise you, Lord. It means whispering of praise as you're driving. Thank you, Jesus. I honor your name. And as you do, God will set ambushes. I'd rather have a God-given victory than a man-given victory any day. Because a God-given victory is complete. It is sealed. It is done. Never to be reopened again. Give him one more praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Father, seal this word in your people today. Lord, let them take it, locate themselves in it, and hear what you're saying to them. But let them go forth. And Lord, when they come back to this house, may they come back with the boldness of praise. Do the work in their faith, Lord. We commit it all to you in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you this week. The Lord make you the head and not the tail. As Pastor Hank would say, may you have dreams in color. 